it's time for another episode of Women Crush Wednesdays from New York Women in Film and Television. We feature lively and engaging discussions with women working in entertainment and media, highlight current accomplishments of our members, and preview upcoming NYWIFT events. I'm Janine McGoldrick, and happy to have Tammy Reese back with me today. Hey, Tammy. Happy Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month, Janine. All is right with the world when I'm with you. I'm glad to be back with you today. I feel the same way. You always give me, you're like a vitamin D boost. (laughs) I'm so here for it. (laughs) Whenever I talk with you, I always feel like so happy and energetic. Feeling is mutual. We're going to start off with Katie's Corner. Night with Community Engagement Director Katie Chambers tells us what to look forward to this month from Night with. Hey listeners, we hope you'll join us for NYWIFT Tech Talks coming Tuesday through Friday, March 15th through 18th from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. This four-day virtual conference will be with media professionals who are revolutionizing the tech industry. We will explore how technology has shaped our industry and our everyday life as we adjust to our current world. This program is presented by NYWIFT in partnership with Company3 and Entertainment Partners. Each day will cover various topics, including innovation during the COVID-19 pandemic, the future of film production, and emerging technology and gaming, including VR and AI. You can attend one day for $15 if you're a member and $30 if you're a non-member, or you can take advantage of our four-day pass discounted price of $50 for members and $100 for non-members. We hope you'll check it out. Listings are now online at nywift.org events. Any questions, email us at programs at nywift.org. We hope to see you there. Thanks, Katie. And well, besides that, there's some great television programming going on in honor of Women's History Month. Tammy, what are you looking forward to seeing? Oh, my gosh. I hear that each day of March, MSG Networks will showcase a legendary woman in sports, including the University of Hawaii's historic volleyball team icon, Billie Jean King, for example. Wow, that's also, really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. Also, Janine, Sci-Fi is airing a series of autobiographical video shorts about female animators. I love that because it's so different featuring animators. You, you hear a lot about female directors and producers, but I love that Sci-Fi is focusing on that. I'm looking forward to Hulu, which is launched a made-by-her hub on their streaming platform, which shows movies that were awarded the reframe stamp for having a gender balanced production. And one of my favorite titles from that is Shrill. I love that. Pen 15 and of course The Handmaid's Tale, which hopefully is coming back soon. Well, I just updated my Hulu account, so I definitely got to check those out. (laughs) (laughs) I also hear Disney created the Celebrate Women's History Month collection over on Disney Plus, which features WandaVision and Mulan. Oh, I haven't seen Mulan. I have to catch that. But I loved WandaVision. That was really, really well done. And Catherine Hahn was amazing in it. I think uh, CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell is continuing its series, Women in the Pandemic. And isn't the Today Show doing something too? Yes, NBC News Today is shining a light on inspiring women who have reached the greatest heights with the month-long series, Women Are Essential. I love Savannah Guthrie. I'm a huge fan, so I definitely got to check that out. 
Yeah, there, there's a lot uh, on, on TV and in films as well. And we hope that everybody finds something engaging and exciting to watch in honor of Women's History Month. And as far as our podcast, I cannot think of a better way to kick off this month than to talk with our guest, renowned actress Tanya Pinkins. Tammy, tell us all about Tanya. I was so honored to interview her, Janine. Tanya Pickens is an actress and filmmaker. Her award-winning debut feature film, Red Pill, was in official selection at the 2021 Pan-African Film Festival and is nominated for awards in numerous film festivals around the globe. She is also known for her portrayal of Livia Fry and the soap opera All My Children in tons of roles on Broadway. She's been nominated for three Tony Awards, and she won the Tony for Best Featured Actress in the Musical for Jelly's Last Jam. Recently, she played Alma Carthen, who's Emmett Till's grandmother in ABC's Women of the Movement. She's also played Martha in AMC's Fear of the Walking Dead. Wow, which we know you are a huge fan of. Yes. So this, this must have been so exciting for you that you had it the honor was. of talking with Tanya. And this is part of a collaboration with one of the magazines you write for too, correct? Yes, We Empower Magazine. The publisher is Stephanie Davis, based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And the interview with Tanya is cross-promoted not only with We Empower Magazine, but here on NYWIF. So I'm so excited that cross-promotion collaboration can happen with such a profound woman who's an actress, a filmmaker, and just made huge history in stage, film, and, and TV. Well, we're excited to feature this interview, and we will put a link to We Empower Magazine in the show notes as well, so people can check that out. So now let's welcome Tanya Pinkins. I'm Tammy Reese. Happy Women's History Month, everyone. I am here with a none other legendary actress, Tanya Pinkins. Hey, Tanya, how you doing today? Great. We understand you have your own podcast. You can't say that, but I hear that people can say what they want. <laughs> There's nothing off limits, no words, nothing. I like people. And so I'm always sitting down and chatting with people. And I'm a really good listener. People often tell me stories they've never even spoken before. And so I just bring on people who are interesting to me. Um, engineers, psychonauts, psycho psychotherapists, artists, really just conversations with people who I find interesting and unusual and very little selling, really just like people getting to be the fly on the wall with smart conversation, sort of like when you were a kid and you used to be able to sneak in the hallway while the grown folks were talking. That's what you can't <laughs> say that is for me. <laughs> I love it. Your feature film debut, Red Pill, which you wrote, directed, and starred in. What was that like taking on all those tasks? It was everything. Every every emotion, every everything you could go through in a lifetime, I think I went through making that film. And it was the most exhilarating and thrilling thing I had ever done, firing on all cylinders, failing every other minute, but surviving those failures, like really not ever knowing, would I finish the film? 
when I finished the film, would it get invested? Would it ever get distributed? And now it's on Amazon and Voodoo and Dango and DirecTV and um, Spectrum and Xfinity. And we will have our um, AVOD release on this month, March 4th, we will release on the platforms that are uh, with purchase. So it's still kind of unbelievable to me that, that I did all that. It was wow. hard, hard. Like being a parent is hard, hard, <laughs> but yes. worth it, worth it. Everybody parent. should do it. I'm a parent. I understand. Now, what is Red Pill about for our listeners who may not know? Red Pill is a horror film, social political horror film. And it is about all the things that we are living right now that no one wants to talk about all the elephants in the room. And um, it's my kind of wickedly quirky sense of humor. Um, it's also very, very dark. And I always feel like when you want to say really dark things, you've got to make people laugh. I think it was, uh, who was it? Um, either George Bernard Shaw or Moliere who said, if you're going to tell people the truth, you them laugh. And Charles Ludlam said, or else they'll kill you. And a lot of the tension, which is different in, 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 in traditional horror movies, because I think that horror for Black people is different, the tension is a lot around nothing is happening. Because for us, we know that white violence is random and it could happen any time and it will happen at some point. And so when things are good, there's always this how long is it going to last? Because we know they're coming. They're coming. They've come historically. And so my focus was never on the scares because the scares are the release for us. Like, whew, okay, it's finally over. We get a little break for a little body burnt across. Now, maybe we get a little break for a little. <laughs> it's a different perspective that um, if it's not your lived experience, you don't even know what that is definitely a great perspective and i know the film has been selected in tons of film festivals been nominated for awards won awards as well so much congratulations and speaking of awards you're a tony winner oh my gosh i was recently watching your acceptance speech on youtube and just couldn't even imagine the feeling and i would love to know what was that experience when your name was called to win that tony award tanya I don't think I heard my name because the New York Times had said on Friday that I wasn't going to win. So I wasn't expecting to win. I just was going to have a wonderful night and get to be dressed up and wear a million dollars worth of diamonds. It was really a surprise, genuine surprise. Now, let me tell you, I had worked my butt off. I had campaigned hard for it. But, you know, if the New York Times says you're not going to, you're like, okay, well, you know, they are the paper that makes or breaks shows. But uh, mm -hmm. miracles do happen. And it happened for you. And you have tons of experience on Broadway, additional to winning your Tony Award. For you, what were some other memorable moments for your Broadway career? Well, definitely two highlights of my Broadway career were Play On, which is a show I did with Andre De Shields and Larry Marshall and Yvette Casson. Um, that's maybe one of my favorite shows because I got to be both dramatic and funny. I was nominated for Tony for that. And then Carolina Chain which um, was just working with George Wolf, And he just has this ability to bring out the best in everyone. I think anyone who's ever worked with George Wolf will tell you that you are spoiled forever because he's smart and he's funny and he's got humanity and he's creative. 
So those are those are definitely the high points of my my career in Broadway. And now we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Michelle Simone Miller from Mentors on the Mic podcast. Every week, I share an interview with an incredible mentor in the entertainment industry. I focus on how they started and how they moved up to where they are today. People like showrunner and co-creator of Friends, Marta Kaufman, five-time Emmy-winning producer and director Rob Burnett, and our favorite president from ABC's Scandal, actor and director Tony Goldwyn. We learn together how these incredible mentors started their first job and any advice they have along the way. Check out Mentors on the Mic wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe, comment, and share the Women Crush Wednesday podcast brought to you by New York Women in Film and Television. It's just such an honor just to have you on this podcast, especially during Women's History Month, because you have been a part of some of the historic shows of our lifetime, especially on TV. I mean, Tanya, as the world turns, The Cosby Show, All My Children, Criminal Minds, Law and Order, Scandal, Bull, Wu-Tang American Saga. I can go on and on and on, but I have to talk about Fear of the Walking Dead. Let's go. Oh my gosh, your character, Martha, who played especially next to Lenny James, who is Morgan, who's one of the original characters of the Walking Dead franchise. What was it like being part of the Walking Dead family and working with Lenny? Well, when I signed with my agents, Talent House, the first thing I said with them when I met them is zombie. I want to do anything zombie. I love zombies. I want to do zombie. And um, when the audition came, you know, Andrew, um, they write, they write scenes for their auditions. So you don't, you don't get auditions with, um, like scenes from the show. They write material to just give the characters like a great scene. So it was just, I was when I got the audition. I'm looking to see, well, who's this character? What's the storyline? And there were little bits of it, but it was material that he wrote just for the audition. And it was this great scene where, um, this woman, you know, calls someone over and uh, has basically told this woman that she's found her dog. And then when the woman comes to get her dog, she tells her how you're so-and-so, aren't you? You're the um, paramedic who, when that tornado happened and my husband was pinned under the thing, you said you'd be there and to wait for you, you'd be there and never came. And my husband died and my life fell into pieces. And so Here's your dog in pieces. Mm. <laughs> it was just a great scene, um, not any part of the show at all. And so it was really like a highlight. Yes, yes. There's, there's not a lot of Black women in the horror genre. So you're definitely forever a scream queen. <laughs> May it be so. May it be so. I want to be a screen queen. Now, is horror something that's passionate to you? I know you've been on panels like at the New York City um, Film Festival for horror. Is that one of your favorite genres? It is my favorite genre. I can sit and watch horror films all day long. I just love them. Now, people could think like, why? They're so terrible. But for me, a drama where something real is happening that like breaks me. Like I tried to watch Bel Air, which I hear is fantastic, but the setup where this young boy is about to throw his life away 
by betting on a game with a drug dealer. I, I've got sons. I, I couldn't get through it. I said, I can't watch it. I can't watch this kid throw his life away. I know it's going to be a comedy. That is so physically painful for me. Whereas a horror film, the blood's a little fake. Nobody's real. I can watch that all day and all night. Also, the Black plight, Black trials and tribulations can also be portrayed as horrific. As you know, as a, another iconic character you played in Women of the Movement, I'm about to get teary-eyed just talking about it. Oh my gosh, Tanya, thank you. You did an amazing job as Emmett Till's grandmother. What was that experience like for you? And what did it mean to be a part of this iconic ABC franchise? It was a privilege, a privilege and honor, not often in anyone's career or in your life, do you get to work on a project where the material is so fine, where everyone you're working with is so fine and, and you get to, you know, use everything you got. It was probably the hardest thing I've ever worked on because remembering that and having to live in that was excruciating. There's no you know, it was excruciating. And we shot it in Mississippi and that place that I said, I never wanted to visit. My, my family is from Mississippi. Um, so being there was life-changing, um, realizing that, you know, people who live on the coast, New York, LA, Chicago, uh, we don't live in America and getting to see that there are parts of America that are two steps out of slavery and to see how, Black people are still living today. And then even an actor working there to have some experiences there that were devastating, that devastated me for long periods of time. And you know, I wrote a lot about it in my book, Unmasked, Red Pill Unmasked, which uh, I was shooting Women of the Movement while I was finishing the edit for Red Pill, just as it was getting ready to go to festivals. And so I, I really wrote about the entire experience of making the movie from the idea through getting it released and what it was like working on uh, Women of the Movement, which was about, you know, this white woman's lies. And Red Pill was very much poking at white and contribute to um, oppression and also get to play victims of oppression because they are victims of oppression, but they also benefit from oppression. Wow. I watched every episode and cried every single time. The chemistry between you and Adrian, her playing Mamie, you playing Emma's grandmother was just so outstanding. Was there any like mental health services on set? Um, how did you prepare just to be on set um, if the audience is not having a dry eye, I can't imagine how you as cast members had to push through, though you're doing your job, you're professional, but is there any times you had to step back and just take time for yourself while on set? Um, I know that on the days when they did the killing and when they did, um, I think the first time when they did a showing of the body, they did have mental health people there for everybody, not just cast, but for crew. Um, and there was definitely always an invitation, but, um, you know, this is what I trained for. It, it's not, it's not easy, but tell my students that, um, when you're an actor, people pay you to, to, to get into excruciatingly uncomfortable situations. That's the job description. And the worse you feel, 
the more the audience is loving it. So yes, and we thank you and commend you for being that inspiration, that vessel to push through for anyone who aspires to play a real life role. And something so powerful, so heartbreaking um, as this story of Emmett. So thank you so much for being yeah. such a one, yeah. and you did it so amazingly. March is Women's History thank Month. You. Who are some other women in history that you think our name should, their name should continue to be spoke out about? Or maybe movies should be made about them? Oh my God, there's, you know, some of them, they're starting to have stories. So Fannie Lou Hamer, I I hear there's going to be a movie about her. Paul Robeson's wife is Londa Robeson Good. Amazing, amazing. There would be no Paul Robeson without her the number of degrees, the books she wrote. Um, so many unsung Black women. Mary Terrell, um, who was very active in the founding of NAACP. I'm thinking of the woman who took on the Ku Klux Klan. There's a documentary about her when the Klan killed her son and she took them on and won. Polly Murray, who has a documentary, who really all the arguments that won for civil rights that were laughed at when she was presenting them in college. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg credited her for the arguments that got some of women's rights. Uh, The number of women that are unsung, I think that it's infinite. I think for every um, man who is, there's four or five women who made it possible for him to be there. Yes, Tanya, speak on it. Yes, you're currently in Egypt. We have to know, is this personal? Are you filming anything there? How is the experience? It must be epic. It has been life-altering. I came to Egypt 25 years ago with my church with Wyatt T. Walker and Canaan Baptist Church, and it was a tour of the lands of the Bible. So I was staying in a hotel that was next to the Giza Pyramid, but we did not visit the pyramid. So I never even said that I'd been to Egypt. But this time I'm doing Egypt and Sudan. Uh, Egypt is said to be the granddaughter of Ethiopia and Sudan is said to be the daughter of Ethiopia that all of Kemet Nubian civilization began down in Ethiopia and then they moved that up. And so I think the biggest thing for me is realizing how much all of us lied to Um, in our education. And I think of myself as very educated and very well read. But I was on Karen Hunter's show a few weeks ago with David Pepper, the former head of the Democratic Party in Ohio. And he was saying, even with his education as a Yale lawyer, Yale history major undergrad, he never learned about how much Black representation there was during Reconstruction. He learned that on his own after after law school, after being a history major at Yale. And that's what it's like for me being here in Egypt. Someone on Karen Hunter's show, show called and said, so there's paintings of, they painted the people Black inside the pyramids. And I wondered, how could people not know that? And today I actually found it out. So first of all, they didn't just paint people Black inside the pyramid. They painted their gods black and brown. Their gods were black and brown. And the reason we don't know it is because all of the uh, archaeological finds, the papyruses, the writings, instead of them being listed as by the person who wrote them in the time, they are named after the person who discovered them or bought them. So 
Uh, I think there's one called Rindy's Papyrus. That's in German. And it's in, it's, I mean, it's in a, a museum in Germany because a German man bought it. It's all of the mathematics that we attribute to people two, 3,000 years after the Egyptians discovered it. The, the Romans and the Greeks, when they came and conquered Egypt, they tried to duplicate what the Egyptians had done and put themselves in it. So there's certain stories that are told in all the tombs, you know, the, the, the journey of the soul, the offerings you make, all of that is on every monument. So when Alexander the Gross came, he put himself inside of that. So if all you're taught are the Greeks and the Romans, you think that that's their history. You don't know that they're badly copying something else. And so that has been, you know, even the Egyptians here today, they've only been in this country for 1,200 years, but they think that they're the people that go back 5,000 years. So, um, you know, and it's, it's dangerous to even talk about that. Like. Listeners, Tanya just dropped some knowledge for us, didn't she, y'all? Oh, my gosh. This is information I didn't know that. This is jewels that just fuel my soul. Thank you so much for sharing the knowledge and your experience there in such a, a, a historical place in the world to us, people who look like us. Thank you, Tanya. What has been the best advice that you've received in the entertainment industry that you can pay forward to someone who aspires to not only be an actress, but also a writer, director, producer, and follow your career path? What's the best advice you ever got? I don't think I ever got any good advice. <laughs> wow, that's deep. Um, honestly, yeah, but I've learned some things. Um, I'll tell you some of the advice I got that wasn't helpful. One writer I was working for told me people are always going to, um, people are never going to have sympathy for you or be empathetic towards you because you have everything. You're attractive and you're talented. And, um, and so it, it like made me start having to figure out how to show people that I wasn't perfect or something, which is like, I, I think of how much time I spent trying to diminish myself and put my life in a bottle because I got a lot of advice about being smaller. You know, don't tell people everything you do because they, they, it'll make people uncomfortable. You know, only focus on one thing. You know, people don't want to know that you can do everything. And it's taken me a long time to, uh, to be a little more comfortable shining. What I love is that the young Black women now are already shining. I mean, you look at a Katori Hall. She writes plays. She's got a Pulitzer. She's got a TV show. You look at um, Dominique Morisot. She's got two shows on Broadway. So I'm glad that those times have passed. I think that what I've learned is that Black women are the most powerful beings on the planet. I, I'm just sorry. I've just never met finer beings yeah. on the planet. We're the most well-read. We're the most educated. If you want something done, ask a Black woman to. But we also, we have the lowest net worth in the United States. The average Black woman has less than $100 in savings. Um, everyone benefits 
from all that we bring and very little is is given back to us so i also i did a, a series on youtube called through a black lens where i brought on some remarkable black women and the final question i asked was what could people do for you because black women do so much for so many people like if we ran the world it would work for everyone because we're always working for everyone so many people are on our shoulders you know we have to uplift each other and just to know that we have a Black woman who's going to be in the Supreme Court just reaffirms what you said, because Black women are supreme and just so powerful. Look at all this history that continues to be made. I don't even think I can sit and go through what they're going to put Kenji through for her nominations. Like the people who are going to be questioning her don't even have her education and credentials. You know, one of the challenges of being a Black woman is most of the time you're going to be smarter, more experienced than everyone in the room. You're going to be answering to people who don't have the credentials you have. And A.C. Abrams says she may be um, underestimated like her advantage. And I know there are ways to make un being underestimated your advantage. But at a certain point, you want to just be able to shine, you know, and it's it's rare that Black women get to just shine and be celebrated in their full glory. So I want to see, I think the next generations after mine are going to do it, and I'm excited to see it. Me too, Tanya. I would end with, because not only are you gorgeous, you're intelligent, you're accomplished, you are so humble. And it's rare that you find someone with your resume, your success, that's just reachable and real and down to earth. What do you want your legacy to look like, Tanya? Mm, you know, that is something I think a lot about because there are more days behind me than are any, probably. I don't know. I don't know if you ever watched my rap roast video on YouTube. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't, but I'm definitely going to watch. Check it out. Check out my rap roast video because I think we all need to laugh at ourselves and be able to laugh at ourselves and know that anything anyone says about us, critically or not, there's probably some truth at it. And we, so I guess I would want that piece of it, you know, that, that, that I was able to laugh myself and, and see all of the good and the bad of myself and just like be like, yep, I'm all of that. <laughs> I think definitely I want to know that I touched some people, made a difference in their lives. That, that would be important to me. Well, you definitely impacted so many people, inspired by some people. I'm, I'm getting teary-eyed again, and I don't usually do this during an interview, but you, I really look up to you, and so many people around the world do, too. I definitely commend you, New York Women in Film and Television, commend you, we honor you, we salute you. Happy Women's History Month. Continue to make her story. Tanya, we're so here. What else can we be on lookout for from you? Well, Red Pill will release on AVOD, um, like Voodoo Tubi um, on my May March 4th. And my book, Red Pill Unmasked, which is also available on Audible. And I just have had a red pill game. So it's a narrative game. Um, I, I, I really see red pill like a series and like there's a whole world. So it takes place in the future. And so in the narrative games, like on Twine and Itch, you go in and you you have an opportunity to become a red pill or stay a slave, depending oh on God. how you go through the interview process. So 
Uh, we're probably going to launch the Red Pill game on um, March 4th as well. And I'm just starting to get into the metaverse. So I don't know when this will air, but we're going to be screening Red Pill in Altspace VR. So if you're a member of Altspace VR, which can join us on March 13th, 7 p.m., we're going to be uh, screening it at the Harlem Film House. And then I have my own movie theater in Altspace. So I will probably have um, screenings uh, of Red Pill in the metaverse. And we've created some wearables. So they're masks that are worn in the movie. And you will be able to wear the masks uh, when you're watching the movie, if you like. Wow, that is going to be so fun. Congratulations, Tanya. Thank you so much. Continue to be awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy Women's History Month. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much, Jen. Thanks, Tanya. She is such a force of nature, and I'm so impressed by the work that she did on Red Pill. Not only did she create it, she's a producer, she's an actress. She also did the casting and the production design. I cannot wait to see it. Yes, and she was just so real and just easy to talk to. I just felt so comfortable, and not only I love talking about her career, but just her thoughts and just current events as well. It was just an honor to speak with Tanya. I, I loved what she was saying just about the history of being in Egypt. Yes. And, and I, I think that she, she should have some kind of masterclass where, you know, you just sit down and listen to whatever topic she wants to talk about. It's so much. I had no idea. It was a true masterclass. She dropped so much jewels and knowledge in that interview. In her career, she just seems to be creating and exploring new areas from going to an actress to now she basically almost single-handedly created this film. She's out there bigger and better than ever. Still going. <laughs> Still, Still going. Much yeah. to do. Such, such an inspiration to all of us. Now is usually the time that we would talk about recommendations, but I think we both have the same one and it's so fitting for it being Women's History Month. And that is, as you mentioned, Tanya was in ABC's Women of the Movement. And it originally aired in January, but you can still stream it for free on ABC.com and watch On Demand. Make it sure is... you get your tissues. Please. Oh my God, I Even cried Even though we the know the thing. story of history, there was so much in the series that I was not aware of. It's so heartfelt, so deep. I know I cried every single episode. I know. Sure. I, I think the story of, of Emmett Till is one that people have heard of, even if it, they've just heard the edges of the story of, you know, what happened to this poor 14-year-old boy who was killed down in Mississippi, but how much his mother really stepped up and started this movement. I, I'm just floored uh, and amazed by what she was able to do while living with such profound grief. Mm, yes. And I loved that moment at the end, I think it was the last episode, where Tanya, playing the grandmother of Emmett Till, was helping her daughter, who had basically collapsed in the kitchen uh, just from sadness and grief. And the, the moment that the two of them had together was mm. just so well done and so emotional. It's such an important story. And I think that, that this is going to be a series, what they will focus on, what the next women will be. But the title actually makes it seem like this is they're going to be showcasing a lot of different women who have been part of movements uh, throughout. Throughout history, for sure. Yeah. Hoping for more of that. Me too. I think that's it. 
Listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, we thank you for joining us. And please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you heard, give us a good rating and leave a review because it helps more listeners find their way to us. And if you want to nominate yourself for a fellow Nywith member for one of our spotlight segments or share a funny story or important career lesson learned, hit us up at communications at nywift.org. Well, Tammy, thank you so much for joining me, for giving me my vitamin D shot. Well, like I said, when I'm with you, Janine, all is right with the world. Happy Women's History Month. It's been so fun. I love it. So we'll be back next week, actually, with a bonus episode featuring my conversation with a fellow podcaster and actress, Michelle Miller, who talks about her show Mentors on the Mic, which features great conversations with industry elites who talk about their rise in entertainment and impart their words of wisdom for those coming up. So make sure that you are always subscribed so you get the alert when that and future episodes post. So Tammy, thanks again, listeners. Until we meet again, keep on crushing it.